Hey there, friend. Welcome to the Having a Mom Moment podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Warner. This podcast is all about taking a few moments for yourself and reconnecting to the amazing woman behind the title of mom. You have so many plates spinning at any given time between your kids, your partner, your job, maintaining your household, etc., etc. But where does taking time just for you play into that? Let's spend some time together, you and me, right now. We're going to connect, tune in, and tap in to what makes us the incredible woman that we are. We'll nurture ourselves so that we can pour into those who can count on us. We'll also hear from other moms to learn about the ways in which they've tapped into alignment in their own motherhood journeys. Let's roll. We're having a mom moment. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome to this week's episode of the Having a Mom Moment podcast. I am your host, Shannon Warner, and thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to share this topic for a couple reasons. First being that it was a listener suggested topic. This particular listener wrote in with concerns surrounding this area and some questions and thoughts that she had on the matter and what she was choosing to do in her own life. And I'm also excited about it because my background actually kind of leans right to this topic. So I am excited to share it. I think it's definitely a topic of concern um, that a lot of parents of tweens and teens definitely share. So without further ado, this week's episode is about social media and your kids. So I was so excited a couple of weeks ago to get this email from a listener for a couple of reasons. Again, one, because um, I was like, wow, this is something that I think I can speak to, even though I don't have kids in this age range, I do have experience in this area. And two, because someone I don't know is listening to the podcast. I know my friends and my family are listening and I appreciate you guys so, so much. Um, but to have someone reach out and I'm that I don't know, um, that has found the podcast organically and has started listening to the podcast and then felt called to email me about this. I'm, I'm just really honored and excited. So this email came from a woman named Megan. Hi, Megan. Thank you so much for writing in. And she reached out because she's worried about social media as her kids get older and she feels like she has no idea how to navigate it. I think a lot of parents can probably resonate with this. So she has three children. They are um, tweens and then the oldest is 14. And she has shared that she finds herself at a loss when it comes to navigating this digital landscape. Her oldest, who is about to graduate eighth grade, is starting to express a desire to get social media as she keeps talking about how all of her friends have it. I'm sure if you have kids in this age, you're hearing the same things. However, she says she can't help but worry about the unrealistic standards social media sets and how that could affect her daughter's development and self-identity. She goes on to say that she's done a lot of digging and has decided to let her daughter use an app called Daily, D-A-Y-L-Y-Y. It's a social media that doesn't allow filters or edits, and you can only post real time, and its mission is to bring the casualness and realness of posting back to social media. She goes on to say that she's told her friends about it and they are on board as well. It could be worth checking out. So thank you for sharing that suggestion. Megan goes on to say, am I crazy for not wanting her to get on Instagram and TikTok? 
She says, I want her to grow up like an average kid and not miss out on things her friends are doing. I just wish social media wasn't so toxic, especially for girls. Megan, thank you again for writing in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing your concerns. And I think this is a fantastic topic to touch on. So while I do not have kids in this age range yet, I do actually have formal education in this space. I, after finishing my undergrad in elementary education, I um, very quickly went into a master's program for educational technology. Now, full disclosure, this was in the early 2010s. So the technology has obviously changed since then. 2010s? Or is it teens? Sorry, teens. It's teens. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Um, it was a while ago. So although the actual technology itself has changed, I think the principles are still very relevant in this landscape as it stands today. And I think the principles will continue to hold as the landscape continues to evolve and change. A piece of this program that I did was um, studying the concepts of digital citizenship and your digital footprint. Now, if you have kids in school, they may already be talking about this, but for those of you who don't, or maybe you're not hearing this terminology, let me expand for you. So the idea of digital citizenship is the ability to navigate our digital environments in a way that's safe and responsible and to actively and respectively engage in these spaces. Basically, it's just teaching people how to behave online. As adults, we've had to learn how to navigate this space and how to behave. And some of us are still learning how to behave. Some of us have no idea what we're doing and should probably log off indefinitely. Um, but as kids are learning technology through schools or having the opportunities for more hands-on uh, experiential lessons in this area. So a big piece of digital citizenship is understanding your digital footprint. What is the digital footprint you ask? Don't worry. I shall share with you. Your digital footprint is a record of your online activity. It shows where you've been on the internet and the data you've left behind. Your footprint grows when you deliberately share something online or when sites and apps track your activity without your permission. So we can see why a digital footprint matters. It's a little harder to explain that to teens and tweens who may not grasp the gravity of the footprints that they're leaving behind in the digital landscape and how those could affect them down the line. So I do think, and I don't know, I've been out of the classroom for a while, but I do think these conversations are still happening um, in schools, but I don't think we can ever talk about it too much. It's just like when you give your new driver the keys to the car, there's been a lot of training and learning and a lot of hands-on experience. And you've had lots of discussions about safe behavior and being a defensive driver and, you know, all of these different things. I think we need to think about this in a very similar way. Sure. They're not getting behind the wheel of a 2000 pound vehicle, but their actions could have very profound impacts on their futures. 
And we need to equip them as much as we can before we hand over the keys to the internet. So this is why I think it's really important that you have conversations about your values and what is okay and not okay in your family. And I can't tell you how to have that conversation with your teen or tween because it has to happen within the confines of the way your family operates and the value system that you live by and you try to instill in your children. But what I hope the conversation entails is something around being safe, being respectful and being responsible. And I know that seems very cut and dry, but those three areas will cover almost anything. I argue maybe even everything. I think a lot of the things out there in the digital landscape can fall into those three pillars. Are we being safe if we engage in this? Are we being respectful if we behave in this way? Are we being responsible? Are we thinking about what we're putting out there? Are we thinking about the information that we're sharing? Are we thinking about the websites that we're going to and how that behavior may be tracked? That's a lot. It's a lot. And you've got to expand on that with your kids. If you're having this conversation and you want to use those pillars, you have to give concrete examples. And, and it's going to be based on what apps you're going to allow them to use. I'm not going to tell you what apps I think they should and shouldn't use. You have to decide what's okay for your family, but be mindful of the age requirements on these apps. One example that I have, and I don't know these anymore off the top of my head, but Facebook used to be 13. I have experienced teaching technology in grades fifth through ninth. I did that for a couple of years when I was still in the classroom. And I had fifth graders who were 10 and 11 on Facebook. And when we'd have these conversations about social media, even though they weren't quite to that age yet, they were still engaging in it. So these conversations needed to happen. But it was like, it was like literally putting a 10 year old behind the wheel of a car and just like watching the chaos unfold. You know, they had no idea what they were doing. They had no idea the impacts of their behaviors. They didn't know the risks. They didn't know the potential of the app that they were using. Um, They just weren't equipped. They weren't equipped. So really think about that. And you need to think about your individual children, you know, um, I have a close friend who has a teenager and I've been watching her try to navigate this space. And I think she's doing a great job, but I think some of the decisions that she makes around this teenager are based on the maturity level of this particular teenager. Whereas some other teens at the same age may be a bit more mature and may have a better understanding of how to navigate this space. Whereas this particular child doesn't quite get it yet. And that's not to say that she won't get there, but my friend is making decisions because of where she's at currently. And she does have a lot of things locked down. And, you know, my stance is you own the internet. Well, you know, (laughs) you pay for the internet, you own the phone, you get to lock it down as much as you want. And there's certainly apps out there that will help you do that. Um, I only know of one off the top of my head. I know there's a ton, but the one that I'm aware of is Wondershare FamiSafe, F-A-M-I. Um, I don't know a lot about it, but I know it does allow you to completely restrict access to things or it allows you to say, hey, 
this app is not to be used except in the hours of 3 to 5 p.m. It is locked down at dinner time. You can use it from 7 to 8 p.m. And then it is locked down after that. Um, and you've just got to decide what those rules are for your kids. You know your kids best. You know what they can handle. Um, and you also have the right to give them permission and then take permission away. You have that right. So if you're dipping a toe into this space and then you go, you know what, this is not working, then restrict their access. You have that right. So when you're communicating your family values, again, explicitly talk about what that looks like online. Okay. Hey, <laughs> we don't use hateful speech. We don't say it to somebody's face. We don't use that hateful language towards people. We're not going to get online and say hateful things about people. One, because it's a jerk move. It's not responsible or respectful. And two, that can follow you. If you say something hateful, even if you delete it, once you've had a moment to be like, oh, that was not appropriate. All it takes is a second for somebody to see it and screenshot it. And then that can follow you forever. Just like you would model safe driving practices, you know, you realize once your kids are old enough to, you know, they're starting to think about driver's ed, or they've started the first phase of driver's ed, they're really watching what you're doing. Um, they're paying attention to the way that you drive. They're paying attention to your behavior on the road. They're paying attention. If you're aggressive, you're, they're paying attention. If you're cussing people out, you know, Hey, we all have our moments and some people are ridiculous. I, I'm not shaming anybody, but they're watching. So I think you also need to model this behavior on social media. Let them see what you're posting. And there may be room for conversation there where you say, you know what? Um, this isn't really content for kids. Maybe it's just something, um, don't let your minds go crazy here, but maybe you're just posting something with some colorful language. I love colorful language, but I'm not gonna let my five-year-old read it. You know, and you can have a conversation where you're going, you know what? I'm scrolling past that. I'm not going to show that to you because that's not appropriate for your eyes, but I've only posted it in a container that is for my close friends, my adult friends to see and read and engage in. It's not for you. It's not for children. So I'm not posting it in a place where children will see it. And maybe this is an opportunity for you to clean up your own stuff. I think additionally, taking the opportunity to let them watch as you scroll your Instagram, for example, and talking about what you're seeing, just as you, I keep going back to this driving analogy, but it just fits. Like just as you would give your child experience in different types of weather. And then, you know, before they're behind the wheel in the weather, you're driving in the rain and you're saying, look at the way I'm doing this. Look at the way I'm slowing down. Look at the way that I am not making um, evasive maneuvers. Look at the way that I'm giving people space in front of me. Look at the way that I'm looking around and I make sure that my lights are on and that my wipers are on. Like pay attention to these things because these are things that you need to be doing. Scroll your, your feed. Hey, you know what? I follow this person. I don't really agree with what they post and here's why. But I follow them because of this. And then maybe it's a opportunity for you to audit your own feed in front of them. I think we just have to model, 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 have those conversations. You know, those things that you're thinking, say them out loud. 
oh, you know what? I don't really like this post because it doesn't make me feel good about myself. We've had those moments. Okay. We've all had those moments where we hop on and aimlessly scroll and somebody posts something or does something or share something. And we're like, Ugh, why do I feel like a less wonderful version of myself all of a sudden have those conversations. And if you're experiencing that, you know, their young brains are going to as well. So I'm really big about choosing your alignment and stating your alignment and doing what feels right for you and setting down the things that don't serve you. So model that for them. You know what? I'm about body positivity. So I'm not going to follow these accounts that make me feel like I'm not beautiful in my body or this person has just started spewing hateful language and it's not positive. It's not constructive. I'm going to unfollow. And again, I don't have teenagers, but I have worked with teens and tweens. And I think the more you can model and just keep that line of communication open and continue the conversation because it does change all the time. The social media is not what it was six months ago, and it'll be totally different in a year. We all know that. So communicate the values, communicate your expectations, choose your alignment, share what your alignment looks like, model alignment for them so they can start understanding what alignment looks like and how it feels in their own body. I do know some parents who have rules in place surrounding the media that they allow their child to use. And it's, for example, um, you set your password, you share your password with me for this app. I'm going to respect your privacy, but I am allowed to log into your account at any time if I have an inkling that I need to. And if I find out that your password has changed and you've blocked my access, then we have a situation that we need to address immediately and your access is cut off. Or you say, you know, you hand me your phone at the end of the night and if I want to, I can look at whatever you're doing online. And I know that sounds so uncomfortable. Like, oh my gosh, my parents, if they did that to me when I was a kid, blah, blah, blah. They're your kids. It's your job to guide them and lead them and protect them the best that you can. And you know that. And this isn't coming from a place of condescension. This is, I hope this is like empowers you. Like, yeah, I lead this ship here. You know, I am the model. I can instill this responsible digital citizenship behavior in my kids. And then they can move forward into these spaces that may, they may encounter without me and make wise choices. So some other things to think about when you're having these conversations or modeling is why am I doing this? Am I scrolling because it's fun or am I posting because it's fun or am I doing it just because my friends are doing it and I feel like I should, or am I doing it because I'm seeking approval? Now, this is a big one. I had an experience when I was teaching, um, this particular student was a freshman. And again, this was a while ago. So the apps have evolved, um, but she was on Facebook and she had posted a selfie in the middle of the night over the weekend. And it was, it was late, but we'll get into that in a second. But I asked them to share their experiences, um, around social media. And I'll get into the content and the material that I used in a few minutes, but 
uh, it was part of a discussion in this particular lesson. And I so appreciate her for sharing this because it was so vulnerable, but it gave me such insight. Um, she said, I posted the selfie and nobody liked it. So after a few minutes, whatever amount of time it was, it was not a lot of time. It was maybe 30 minutes. She said, I took it down because I immediately felt like it was not cute. Like I thought it was a cute photo, but I did not get any likes. So I took it down. So I dug into this a little bit and I asked for some more details. When was the selfie taken? I'm going to find out she had taken it in the middle of the night when most people are asleep. It was like midnight or one o'clock in the morning and she had posted it and she had gotten like one or two likes, but like not the number of likes she had expected. I don't know. She had 40 friends, expected 40 likes in 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever. And she didn't get that. So she took it down. And then she immediately internalized that as something that was wrong with her and her appearance, which is just wild to me as an adult, because we're like, absolutely not. Like that's not at all what that means. But these are the minds that are accessing the media. These are the minds that are navigating this space and they're having these thoughts and they're internalizing these things when no one's even sending them a message. They're just internalizing the likes or lack of likes or shares or follows or whatever. So again, think about spaces as an adult where you've seen something and you're like, oh, like I don't feel so great. They're navigating that too. They're navigating that as well. So I think it's also really important that we remind them that what they're seeing, not even remind them, they don't know this. What they're seeing, especially from these influencers and content creators, it's highly curated. It's the highlight reel. We know that. They don't know that. They think that's real life unless somebody explicitly tells them otherwise. So you need to explain that to them as well. You know, and when you're modeling, like, Hey, let's, let's look back through their timeline. Oh my gosh. I feel so old. They're grid on Instagram. When does this happen? When did I get so old where I'm just like, what is, what is this thing called? What is this terminology? Anyway, you guys know what I mean? If you go to their profile and you look at all of their content, is it all happy, sunshiny, beautiful, curated, highly edited, you know, like that's not a full picture and your life isn't going to look like that because their life doesn't look like that. It's not real. It's not real. And also I think we really need to point out that particularly these influencers, they're being paid to promote products and experiences. So the message and the content that they're pushing is sponsored. So it's not real in that it's not necessarily an authentic experience. It's not, oh, I went to the store and I picked up this item and I loved it so much. So that's why I'm sharing it with you. I mean, there is some of that out there, but you got to explain to them about ads and a lot of things are labeled sponsored ads, whatever, and, and just encourage them to think more critically about what are they trying to do by conveying this? If it's an ad or it's sponsored, they're trying to get me to buy something. So they're going to tell me how great this thing is and why I can't live without it and why I have to have it. So once you've given them permission for the app that you feel comfortable with, you've got to encourage them to be incredibly mindful about what they're sharing and why, what are they trying to portray? There is amazing opportunity for connection and creativity and sharing your interests and your hobbies um, and the things that you love on social media. And like, that's a beautiful piece of it. And then connecting with people over that, like that's can be really wonderful, but 
it needs to be driven from that side and not from the side where you're seeking approval. If we can encourage our kids as they enter this digital space to focus on the friendship and creativity pieces over the comparison and the approval, it's going to be a much more positive experience overall. And I think it'll help. Again, as I said before, it'll help them when they encounter situations to go, Ugh, I don't like the way this makes me feel. I'm, I'm moving on to the next. And then just reminding them that you're available if they encounter something that they can come to you and you can engage in a conversation where you're not getting angry. I feel if they know that they can come to you without you blowing your top, you're going to be much more involved in what's happening in their space. So again, I am not going to tell you which apps are good or not good for your children. I think you've all got to do your own research um, and do what feels aligned. And it doesn't have to be the same rules for every app either. You know, um, I know families who allow TikTok on a parent's phone, like they can view TikTok on mom or dad's phone in the main living area with the volume on, you know, so they're not trying to watch something that really isn't designed for their beautiful little minds. Um, or that they can access it on a shared device again, like in the main living area, or they can use it on their phone between this hour and this hour, but then it's locked down or they're not to use this app behind closed doors or, you know, you have to decide what feels right for you. And I'm sorry, I can't do that for you, but you could, you know, say, Hey, your Nana and your Nana. (laughs) your mima and your papa and your nana and your auntie are on Facebook. So that's where you need to think about your family when you're posting. I mean, we've all done that, right? I know I have. Oh my gosh. The day my dad got on Facebook, whew, did that landscape change for me? Uh, Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's not a one size fits all app approach either. And, and Hey, you can have Facebook and I really only want you communicating with family on there. So I need to approve all your friend requests. I get to review your, your feed. I get to review your timeline. Um, you know, that's how that's going to be on Instagram. You can follow some influencers or content creators or celebrities who are in alignment with your family's values and that's all well and good, but your account needs to be private. And we are not accepting messages from strangers. I don't want you to hand over the keys to an app that you don't understand. So you've got to do some research and get on the app before you let them use it and start to learn the ins and outs or talk to somebody else who already understands it. Like we don't have to figure out every detail on our own. So Megan has suggested the app daily again, that's spelled D A Y L Y Y. I did a little bit of digging. Um, I think it came out about a year ago and it's really focused on just real time content. So there's no edits, no filters. You can't take a photo and then upload it later into daily. You can only snap photos inside the app and share in the app. Um, and there's also no likes and no follows. So I can see the appeal of that. Um, their mission is interesting. They're really just trying to make it um, real, make social media real again, where 
were not highly edited and filtered and all the things, all the things that we're being bombarded with. So that's one suggestion. Um, I think there are others out there. I want to touch on a couple of resources for you and I will share all this in the short notes. I inevitably will think of something else that I left off as soon as I finish recording. So I, if there may be additional um, resources for you in the show notes, so please check those out. I do want to share um, a resource that I found extremely helpful um, when I was teaching and it's an organization called Common Sense Media. And there is a website um, for educators that you can actually gain access to as a parent and it is free. So I'll put all this in the notes as well to help you go in the right direction. But, um, if you go to commonsense.org slash education, or if you just go to commonsense.org at the top, there's a button to click for educators and you can create an account. And there's even an option for you to say, I'm a parent and it'll still let you access the content. So you don't actually have to be a teacher and it is free. When you are on this site, there's a drop-down menu for digital citizenship and the curriculum, and you can get all of the lesson plans. So I'm actually looking at the website right, right now because I'm sure it has changed since I touched it as a teacher. Um, but if you click on digital citizenship and then it shows the curriculum and lesson plans. Um, you can filter by grade or by topic within digital citizenship. So here's some of the things that they offer. Um, these are just kind of the domains within digital citizenship. So media balance and well-being, privacy and security, digital footprint and identity, relationships and communication, cyberbullying, digital drama and hate speech, and news and media literacy. And then they've got these broken out by um, like developmental level. So they have like K2 kindergarten through second grade. And then they had the higher grades. So like third through fifth grade, and then they have middle school content and then high school content. So you can sort by the grade level, or you can just kind of scroll through, but a lot of these um, topics spiral, which means they happen at the younger grades. And then they happen again in more detail with content that is geared at the higher grades. Um, but you can use this in your home. So I'm looking at a ninth grade lesson plan called chatting and red flags. This falls under the relationships and communication domain. And just a quick click here. I'm going to let you enjoy this with me. Um, it's a 45 minute lesson and you obviously don't have to do that, all of this, but if you're not sure where to go with a perf with a particular area of social media and your kids, like this is a great resource to start. Um, you can print it as a PDF. You can view the whole, the whole lesson. They have slides. Some of these have videos or on the right-hand side, if that seems very intense, I totally get it. Um, on the right-hand side of each lesson plan, there's a space that says four families, and then there's a family activity and family tip sheet. And they have these in English and Spanish. So, um, it kind of gives you a quick cheat sheet of some of the things to go through with them on the particular topic. So if you have no idea where to start, or you're afraid of saying the wrong thing, like, I think this is a fantastic space to start and it's totally free. And they talk about it in a way that is age appropriate. And if you've got little ones, you can start having this conversation when they are little. I mean, this goes all the way down to kindergarten. So, you know, I've got a rising first grader. 
I guess it's time I dust off the old digital citizenship curriculum and started having these conversations with my six-year-old. I think it's never too soon. If you've got tweens and teens currently and you're navigating this space and you've found some great tools, tips, or tricks or strategies to help your children navigate the space. Um, I would love if you would share those with us. Um, I have a post for this particular podcast episode on both my Instagram and on my Facebook. So you could either comment there or you could send me an email and we could share it out in the comments there. I could do that for you. I'd be happy to. Um, I think we don't have to reinvent the wheel. So if somebody else has found a great strategy, like let's absolutely borrow that. Um, so yeah, send that my way. I would love to share that out. I am sure I will touch on this again in the future as my kids get older, but I am so appreciative of the opportunity to talk about it today because I think it is so, so important. And the sooner we can begin the conversation, the more equipped they're going to be and the more emotionally ready they're going to be. Um, so yeah, Megan, thank you so, so much for listening. And thank you so much for writing in. Um, the topic was fantastic and I appreciate you. Thank you all so much for listening today. Um, we've recently crossed over 100 listens and I know that is nothing compared to so many podcasts out there, but it means a lot to me because I was just doing this for fun just to see where it might take me, where it might lead. And I'm enjoying the process and I'm enjoying the opportunity to talk to other people. And yeah, it means a lot. It means a lot. So, um, it doesn't go unnoticed and I appreciate you for taking the time because I know there is so much other content out there that you could be consuming. So I appreciate you um, pausing and uh, listening to what we have to share. I am really excited for some upcoming conversations. I had a fantastic conversation the other day with um, a mompreneur who has six soon to be seven children. Her episode will be uh, coming out very soon. I'm really excited to share that with you. I've got someone coming on to talk about human design. I've got all sorts of people lined up and I am loving the opportunity to share their journeys and share their stories and share what they're passionate about with you because I think it is so important for moms, one, to share their stories and hear other stories just because then we can connect and we know that we're not alone, but also because I want to bring content to you that I think will help you reconnect to yourself because we are such powerful, beautiful, amazing humans. And we are so much more than moms and it can just feel so all encompassing sometimes, but you are just so much more magnificent um, than you realize. And I really want us all to tap into that. If you haven't done so already, I would love if you would hit that little follow button. Um, I'm getting ready to push the podcast out to other platforms. So if you're hearing this later on, whatever the follow equivalent is, subscribe, whatever. I would love if you would do that. Um, and if you like what you hear, I would love a review, um, hopefully a positive review, but you know, if you've got some feedback, that's not so nice. I guess you could share that as well. Although that would be better received in an email. <laughs> So until next time, please come follow me on Instagram or on Facebook at having a mom moment. 
And just a reminder, but I have a free 18 page maternity leave planning guide to help any mama to be that you may know in your life. Or, um, if you're just getting ready to do maternity leave a second or third time, and just want a better experience. This is totally free. Um, it's available in the show notes, um, or you could grab it on the link in my bio over on Instagram as well. And if you have something you want to share with this community of mom listeners, if you have a journey into motherhood that, uh, you want to share, or if you are knowledgeable on a topic that you think is important to moms or would help moms reconnect to the amazing humans that they are, I'd love to have you on. Like I said before, I am outlining the rest of the episodes for this year, and I would love to get you in the mix if it feels aligned for you. Thank you so much again for joining me today. Uh, It means a lot and you are so appreciated. Until next time, please remember that you are amazing. You are loved and I am so proud of the amazing human that you are. Take care of yourselves out there. 